Well, thank you. Well, good morning, Grandma. How are we doing today? Very good to see you. My name is Jason Rance. Like Chase said, I am in the city of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, where there is absolutely no mountain. But it is pleasant about 31 days of the year, and it is just delightful. It is just, it's so good to be with you guys. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for your pastor. I've been praying for the volunteers for a very long time, and it's just an honor to come and be with you this morning. It is just beyond an honor. And I remember when our church was about six months, years old, and I felt like I had aged about 10 years in those six months. So it is just a delight to be here. And please know, there is a church in the middle of the mitten. I don't know if you, I don't, that's how we refer to ourselves, the middle of the mitten. It's not as cool probably as Grand Blank, but there is a church in the middle of the mitten that prays for you regularly and asks God to bless you. So uh, let me ask you a question just right off. I don't know if you've ever tried to follow someone, maybe in a car, maybe there's somebody online that you just adore and you just try to follow them. Uh, like maybe you're on a trip and you had to follow behind them, whatever it is. If you were to follow my family for a week, you would be absolutely exhausted. I'll just lay that out for you. I want to show you a picture of my family. This is my family. There's seven of us. And I think once you get past three kids, you need a medal. Once you get to, how many kids do we have? Five kids. I lose track. There's so many. I don't even, who are you? Oh, you're one of my children. Uh, but my wife and I will be married 21 years in just a few weeks. May 31st, well, a week, a week, May 31st. And uh, my oldest, Rebecca, I think she's in the picture. She's kneeling down. She just graduated from high school three days ago. So I'm in both the denial and the excitement phase of life. Denial that she moves from being a tax exemption to not. Uh, so just trying to wait, just hold on. And then we have Robert, who's 15, Zach, who's 13, Maddie, who's 10, and then Kai, who is four and a half. And uh, if you followed my family around for a week, you might be exhausted. There's track events, and there's baseball games, and there's swim lessons, and there's seemingly so many things going on that it might be tough. You might want to unfollow us. You might try to. And I love the series that Grumlaw has been in called Follow. And in this amazing series, you've learned that, hey, here's the reality. Everybody is invited to follow Jesus. Everybody. No matter what you've done, uh, what you haven't done, no matter who you know, who you don't know, no matter how much church you've been a part of in your life, whether it's been some or a little, everyone has an open invitation to follow Jesus. You get to decide, will I follow or not? And so everyone is invited to follow Jesus. And it really is the greatest invite ever of all the invitations that you'll get. Right now, my home is flooded with graduation invite parties because my daughter is graduating, so we get all of her friends. And then all the kids at my church who are flooding us with graduation parties. And invitations are the best. Like for me, freshman year, uh, let's go back in time, 1993, Eastern Michigan University. I'm in the first month of school. It is going fantastically well. I have one friend so far, and he, he's delightful. I have a brand new mountain bike that I drive around campus and it's just going really well. And one day my trumpet section leader, I don't even remember his name, says, hey, would you like to come to a party at my apartment tonight? Now, I gotta tell you, I wasn't quite what 
you know, the party guy in high school. I really didn't get any party invites. It just wasn't the deal. Actually, my nickname in high school was Reverend Rates. So you don't really get like parties when your nickname is Reverend. I would actually show up to some parties and they'd be like, about an hour in, they'd be like, hey, dude, like, like, could you like scoot? Because, you know, we don't want to drink in front of you. So I'm like, ah, this is, this is so not cool. But I get the invite to this party. I'm like, I went back to my dorm room. I told my roommate, this is just huge. I spent forever getting ready, about seven minutes. I went downstairs, hopped on my brand new mountain bike, and I rode over to his apartment. The problem was earlier that day, my bicycle seat had been stolen. And three or four times, I just forgot. And so if your bike seat's ever stolen, don't forget. See, life lessons. You learn life lessons. You didn't know you'd come to Grumlaw this morning and learn those life lessons. But I'm riding over to his house, and I get, I get to his apartment, and he's a super cool dude. Like, he's kind of a rule breaker, but he's respectful. You know, he had messy hair, but it was somewhat, you know, combed. I, this guy was just amazing. Actually, if I had to describe him like Dwight Schrute, described himself in an interview after he left Dunder Mifflin, I would probably describe him as hardworking, alpha male, jackhammer, merciless, insatiable. Like that's how I would, that's how it, now listen, I listened to the message last week and you said this is an office church. So that's an office reference. If you've never watched the office, I will be praying for you. But he was a great guy. This guy was a great guy. Like I, I, I just couldn't wait. I walked in. And I was still in a little bit of a pain because I had, you know, sat a few times. But I had plenty of Old Spice on. It was covering up the sweat. My life was ready to change because I literally would follow this guy anywhere. I would follow him because he was the coolest guy in history. I knocked. He opened the door. He's like, welcome. I was the first one there. He had a tie on. I was like, oh, well, what, what's happening? He, I, I noticed, like, there's no loud music. Like, I had seen party scenes in movies, you know? I'm, like, waiting for the loud music and someone yelling, go, go, go. <laughs> I didn't know. And so I walked in, and I turned to the left, and there was, like, 15 folding chairs set up in front of an easel. And I was like, oh, no. Like, what's happening here? What did, what did I get into? And so, like, three other guys showed up, and for the next 45 minutes, he stood in front of the easel, and he tried to convince us that if we all would buy phone cards from him, and if we would get three people to buy phone, some of us under like 35, you're probably like, what's a phone card? It was the craziest thing. It was like a credit card, but you used it for the phone, and you had to go to this phone that was connected to a cord. It was so weird. It was so jacked up back in 1993. But if I would have gotten three people to buy phone cards from me, and then he would have gotten, we would have all been rich. It was a get-rich scheme. And at that moment, like, I was not interested in following him. I was like, oh, man, I'm not, I can't do this again. We've probably had moments where you're just done following. Like, you're just like, okay, I am done. The beautiful reality, though, and what you've learned in this series is that everyone has an open invitation to follow Jesus. And it's an invitation to a personal relationship, not just for the church, not for religion or not for some list. It's an invitation to a personal relationship with an invisible God who revealed himself through his son, who is a visible person, Jesus Christ. Like, that's quite an invitation. That's an incredible invitation. And here's the beautiful part of it. Being a sinner is a prerequisite. Everybody that followed Jesus in the pages of the New Testament, they were sinners. Everyone who follows him now, we're all sinners. We fall short. We come up short. We don't measure up. And the crazy part is, like, having doubts is a prerequisite. Like, even the people who follow Jesus the closest in the pages of the New Testament, in the, in the, from Matthew to, to 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they wondered, like, do we give up? Like, they thought about unfollowing Jesus right up until the very end. Like, these guys walked with him and talked with him and lived in the flesh, and they still doubted to the very end. So the good news is you can bring your doubts with you. You can bring your doubts. Because the goal in this, this whole life of following Jesus is to have overwhelming faith, a faith that overwhelms fear. Because Jesus said all the time, like, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Jesus kept asking, why are you so afraid? God cares for you. He knows you can face it fearlessly with him on your side. Following Jesus, here's the reality, though, will eventually cost you something. And you don't have to fear that. This is when you discover who you are. And then last week, we kind of dipped into the followers are great leaders. Like a great leader leverages their authority for the sake of the people under their authority. So now we like end this series with a few extraordinary questions. Few extraordinary questions. And Jesus is like the master asker, the master question asker. <laughs> the master question asker. I, I think that's how it goes. He asked so many great questions. Hundreds of questions were answered to them, and he just answered with questions right back. And so the younger you are, I really believe the more important these questions are for you to ask. Everyone gets to a point where they ask this question. But before I get to the big question, let's just answer a smaller question. Like, have you ever hit the unfollow button on someone? Have you ever thought, like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I, I'm, like maybe it's on Facebook. Two and a half months ago, I took Facebook and Instagram off my phone. And immediately, like, I felt like my anxiety levels just went down. Because I kept, like, looking at, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, all the time, like, yeah. Like, and, and, you know, and, and, like, it was really hard for me to unfollow someone. Like, if they had extreme hate and they were posting on their wall, easy to unfollow. Bigotry, uh, crazy vulgarity, like, 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 sane vulgarity I can take. But, like, crazy vulgarity, oh, man, that's crazy. Or, like, if someone likes country music and they're posting stuff, like, no. Easy to unfollow. Like, like, come on. I mean, I live in Mount Pleasant, so easy to unfollow. But I don't know if you've ever been unfollowed and didn't realize it. Like, this, hap this, this happens to me. Like, it's always so fun when you get a friend request from someone who you thought was a friend. Or, like, Facebook recommends a friend <laughs> that you thought were a friend. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, are we not friends anymore? Like, my whole world, like, shatters. Does it, does it for you? I mean, 7 out of 10 of Americans are on Facebook. Like, this thing is probably not going anywhere. It's, like, taking, like, billions of Facebook Live videos are viewed, like, every second. It's just crazy. I don't know the numbers, but it's crazy. And it's crazy how we get so wrapped up into this. Or recently, like, I started a YouTube channel for myself. Yes, a, a kind of a big deal. But uh, I had, like, seven subscribers, and then it was, like, 12. And then it was 15. And then finally, like, I got to 98. So I went on Facebook, and I'm like, hey, help a brother out. Like, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I lost 12 subscribers. <laughs> I lost them. I'm like, come on. I'm really not that big of a tool. Come join me on YouTube. It's going to be great. We're going to have a blast. You can see what I ate for breakfast. It's just going to be wonderful. Like, it's going to be great. Uh, the little boy that you saw a minute ago on the screen, uh, his name is Kai David. He's four and a half. We adopted him from China. Uh, and we went to China in January 2017, flew over there. It was a crazy experience. Don't have time to tell you all about that. But in order to bring him home, the Tim Tebow Foundation uh, helped us, which, you know, you know Tim Tebow, right? Like, I mean, I, if I could bend, I would get on one knee. You know, you know Tim Tebow. Like, 
And so it's just awesome. Well, recently, like in the last month, the Tim Tebow Foundation put out a video about Kai's journey. And it has a video of like Tim Tebow himself, like telling Kai's story. And I'm like, if Tim Tebow like walked in the room, look out, I'd be the first one there. Like I'd push all of you off to this. Like Tim, Tim, let me hug you, Tim. Like it, it'd be weird. It would get, it'd get people would unfollow me. It's, it's just how it would happen. But I've been a little bit obnoxious with like posting this on my wall. Cause I'm like, it's Tim Tebow. Like he's talking, he's reading a letter from my wife. Now some people, they think like Tim and I are best friends. And I go with it. I go right along with it. I'm like, yeah, let me just hit up Tim about that later, all right? Let me just call him. He has no idea who I am. I know someone, like, gave him what to read. But still, so I put that on my, on my Facebook page. And, like, like, somebody, like, messaged me. And they're like, I'm just so tired of your bragging. Like, I'm, I'm going unf- to unfollow you. It's Tim Tebow. Like, it's, it doesn't count. Like, it, it, just, it just doesn't count. It doesn't count. So the moral story is stop unfollowing people who like Tim Tebow. Okay, that's that. That's not the story. But before you, before you think about unfollowing Jesus, before you think about denying this invitation that Jesus has given us, you have to ask a question. And it's the same question in John chapter 6 that Peter asked. And Peter asked this great question. And, and he this is what he says in John 6, 68. He says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. So, so let's just, let's get to the heart of that question. And let's dive into John chapter 6 for a second. In this chapter, Jesus had recently like fed 5,000 men, many much more women and children. And thousands of people participated in this miracle. Like they saw it. And, and those people, like, they really wanted to make Jesus their king that day. They were excited. The apostles wanted Jesus to be the king. Like, they wanted him to be in charge and to put a big crown on it, to walk around with a scepter and take over the Roman government. And they were excited, but, but Jesus didn't let him do that. What he does is he leaves and he hops in a boat and he heads over to Capernaum. And he gets there, and he goes to the synagogue, and he starts teaching, teaching. Because whenever Jesus taught, like, people wanted to be there. Do you, do you know why? Because the teachers of the day, when they taught, the rabbis and the Pharisees, I mean, they just taught hardcore. They spoke at you, and they told you, this is why you're wrong, and this is why you're evil, and this is why you'll never measure up. This is why no one could ever love you. And Jesus came along, and he taught with life. And he talked about the God of the universe and how he cares for everyone individually. And so people crowded all around him to hear him teach. And some of the people that were there that day when he fed the 5,000, they made it over in time to hear him teach again because he was a rock star. People were following him. And, and they, they like started to taunt him a little bit. Like, Jesus, we want another miracle. Like, perform, we want another miracle. And they were taunting a little bit. People wanted to see this. And Jesus uses that, that, that miracle of feeding the 5,000 as a teaching tool. And he says, just like I fed you bread, God will feed you and fill you up forever. And so he compared himself with bread. And he says, I am the bread of life that comes from heaven. And someone in the crowd says, no, no you didn't. No, you came from Mary and Joseph. Like, we know Mary and Joseph. Like, you didn't come from heaven. Like, we know your parents. Joseph, great carpenter. Mary, she's, she's killer. We, 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 acknowledge, we acknowledge that your birth is a little crazy. Like, we still don't quite get it. But, like, we know your story. 
And then Jesus continues, and he doesn't address the weirdness, and it just gets even weirder. In John 6, 54, 55, he says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up the last day for my flesh is real food and my, my blood is real drink, like is real drink. Like, okay, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. So this is like taking a weird turn. And just, just kind of a sidebar, in the days of the early church, so Jesus Christ, he, he came to earth, he lived 33 years, he said he was gonna die, he said he was gonna r- r- rise again from the dead, he died on a cross, he rose again from the dead, people wrote it down, and he then ascended into heaven and he gave the world the church. The local church, because of Jesus, is the absolute hope of the world. Because of what we do in this room is just one hour out of 167, 168, we get to go spend 167 hours being Jesus as a movement in the world. And so that's why this is so important. But in the very early days of the church, the, the very early church, like the Romans persecuted Christians like crazy. Now, it's not like when someone unfollows you on Facebook. Oh, why is my friend unfollowing me? Oh, no, no joke. I had someone come to me about four months ago at church, and I love this person dearly. And they said, Pastor, and they, they call me Pastor, even though I said, don't call me Pastor. Don't call me Pastor. Like, call me something cool, like Monsignor. Um, but, not, but they said, I just noticed that you don't like any of my Facebook posts. And I really thought about unfollowing you. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? Like, are, what? Are we having this conversation? Like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Are we even Facebook friends? Like, let me double check. Like, people get so offended, right? This is not the kind of persecution we're talking about. This is not it. This is, this is persecution like what's happening to other Christians around the world right now with Christians' tongues being cut out and being killed. And this is the kind of persecution that Nero, the emperor of Rome, persecuted Christians. And part of the reason is Romans, like, weren't, they weren't all messed up because the Christians had a new god. Romans had hundreds of gods. But the thing that messed them up is they would hear things like, oh, yeah, the Christians are in the catacombs eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. Weird stuff, weird, weird stuff. And so Jesus in this passage of scripture goes on and it gets stranger and stranger and it all comes around. And so the crowd is kind of getting restless. So, so in John 6, 60, he says, on hearing it, many of the disciples said, this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? On hearing it, this is hard teaching. They were thinking of unfollowing Jesus. That, that's what it came down to. And when it says the disciples, this is not the 12, okay? This is the big group of people that followed him around everywhere, But even the 12, the apostles, they started to recognize it. And James and John, who earlier wanted Jesus to proclaim them at the right and the left hand of Jesus, they're getting nervous. They're like, hey, this is weird teaching. Like, should we get out of here? Like, Jesus, tell some stories. People like the stories, man. They want to laugh. Come on. Tell some stories. Get the crowd back. Nobody understands that you want us to eat your flesh. Okay, move on from that. Tell some stories. So in John 6, 61, Jesus says, like, pretty, like, uh, he goes, like, does this offend you? And then in John 6, 66, he says, from this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They were done. They checked out. They, un- they pushed the unfollow button. And the 12 are listening to Jesus and they're watching the crowd and they begin to think, should we unfollow as well? Like the, the men that followed him everywhere ate and drank and lived with him. They thought, do I unfollow Jesus now as well? Should we leave? You ever decided to unfollow someone? When I went to that party freshman year, I got out of there quick. Like, I was done. I decided I couldn't do it. 
When we started Thrive Church, the first two years were unreal. Like we quickly grew to hundreds of people and it seemed like nothing could go wrong. And then because people are messy, everything went wrong. And it was like, wow, that person got hurt and this person left and, and think like people that you never thought would leave left. And you're like, okay, God, what, what do I do? And then Jesus in John 6, 67, 6, 66, 67, he asks a pretty in your face question. He says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer follow him. You do not want to leave too, do you? You, you don't want to leave. Like we've done everything together. Do you, do you want to leave too? Like, do you, do you want to be done? It's not uncommon for Jesus to ask questions, right? He answered so many questions with questions, but he asked this tough question. And so it's the question that we need to ask. Like, why do we unfollow Jesus? Maybe you've never even followed him and you're here exploring this faith stuff. Fantastic. Like this church is for you. Maybe you followed Jesus for a long time and life has just taken too many bumps and bruises and you're finally to the point where you're like, I'm done with this stuff. It doesn't help me at all. The problem is like... The 12 knew that you don't lie to Jesus because he knew their hearts. He knew what they were thinking. He knew that they were thinking of leaving. And so many times Jesus already knew the answers people were murmuring because he would answer their questions with the answer. And he would say, he said to them, you're not thinking of leaving too, are you? And this is super relevant to you and I because the day will come when you and I think of unfollowing Jesus. Even if you have, you have trusted in Jesus, you have crossed the line of faith, you have given him your heart, you have confessed of your sins, you have said, my life is yours, Jesus. I, I will not live for myself. I hand my heart over to you. The day will come. So why do we unfollow? Why, why do we unfollow? We unfollow because it's hard to follow Jesus. Let's be honest, it can be super hard. Very few people choose to unfollow because it's, it's super easy. No, because it's hard. And it's not so much because we think it's not true sometimes, it's because it's inconvenient. Like there's kind of four biggies of why we unfollow. Uh, transitions. We unfollow because of transitions. Our life changes. Some of you have moved in your life. Our first um, 13 years of marriage, we moved 11 times. Like that's difficult. That's really hard. And so you get new sets of friends and new people and new neighbors. And you're like, I don't know if I can keep up with all of this because at my, where I used to live, I had friends and we all went to church together. And then maybe you left college and now you're off on your own and your parents are far away and you're like, I don't know if I believe all this faith stuff. Like I, I see this all the time with people. Transition helps us unfollow. Uh, another reason we unfollow because of relationships. People also choose to unfollow because of relationships. The Jesus thing gets in the way sometimes. It, it really does. It's just too difficult to, to unfollow. And one of the things that breaks my heart the most as a pastor is the amount of women that I have talked with who just desperately pray that their husband would come to church. Desperately pray that their spouse would just fall in love with Jesus. Almost every Sunday I'm talking this. I just wish I could get my husband here. I just wish my husband would be interested in faith stuff. Relationships get in the way. The third is we, we unfollow because of a tough season of life. Like we go, we go through seasons where we're like, God's not faithful to me. He let me down. He let me experience hurt and pain and I am done with God. Screw him, I'm out. Like enough. That happened to me my 18th birthday, my 19th birthday, for some reason, a church in Redford, Michigan hired me as their youth pastor. I was 19 years old. I could barely tie my shoes. I have no idea why they hired me. 
but I had all this passion and I wanted to see teenagers fall in love with Jesus and they hired me. And three weeks on the job, I get a phone call at, at my other job. I was part-time at a restaurant called Mountain Jack's. Oh, I miss Mountain Jack's. Mm. I was a cook, that prime rib. Mm. Sorry, I just had a moment. should have done that by myself. But I loved it. I get a phone call. It's my brother on the phone. I could barely understand him. I raced home, and I walked into our kitchen, and I saw my dad leaning over the kitchen counter. My dad was a tough man, never cried. And I saw him crying for the first time in my life, 19 years old. And earlier that day, his, grand, his mom, my grandma, uh, his aunt, and his cousin were all killed in a car accident. And that's a tough season of life. Many of you have been through pain. Loved ones call and they say, doctors call and I have cancer. People have died unexpectedly. People have struggled with pain. People got fired. Friends have left them. Marriages have broken apart and you feel lost and you're in a tough season of life. And you're like, no duh am I going to unfollow Jesus right now. Like, there's no point to this. That day, I actually, I actually thought about unfollowing. I went to my church. It was an older church with pews and a, a room that, that kind of had this weird smell, um, but it also had this kind of reverence, reverence to it. And I remember getting on my, my knees in front of a pew, and I just said, okay, God, I'm going to believe that you're real here. And if you're real, would you give me the strength to be there for my family? And it was close. I, like that day, I almost gave up. I was like, I'm done with this faith stuff. And then lastly, like we give up because of doubt, right? Like, like Jesus says, you're not looking to leave too, are you? There's huge advantages to following Jesus. Like no doubt you will be a better person and you will, you will have a better life if you follow Jesus. Even if you don't buy into it all, you, will, you really will. But all the guys who had a super close relationship with Jesus, all the people, they all thought about unfollowing him. All, uh, I got a few minutes left. My my second born, uh, his name is Bobby. He, he is um, so much smarter than I'll ever be. <laughs> and he asks questions that I, I don't even know how to answer. I have to like YouTube, like, okay, quick, quick, quick. Like, what do I say? And he's, he's so smart. And right now, um, he's asking a lot of faith questions. And so I was a youth pastor for a long time, 17 years. And so I always told parents, like, as a youth pastor, I'm like, I have all the answers. And then I had teenagers of my own, and I realized I have no answers. I have no answers. I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Um, I'm just making this up as I go. But, but, we're, but we're like, he's asking me questions about faith. He's grown up in a Christian home. I baptized him at 13 when he publicly declared Jesus as his savior. And he's asking questions now. Like really good questions. Doubtful questions. And I told parents forever as, as, as a youth pastor, oh yeah, let your parents doubt. And now, like my son brings doubts. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you can't doubt. Like, no. And, but I have to remind myself, yeah, ask those questions. Yeah, why, why does it seem like the God of the Old Testament uh, was angry and vicious all the time? And it, it, why, why, why are some of those questions? So we're like going through like apologetics questions and we're, going, we're sending each other YouTube videos back and forth, you know, to try to ask those questions. So that brings us all the way back to like the big question of the day, which is in John 6, 68, which Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So when you've thought about unfollowing, let me ask you that question. To whom shall you go? 
Peter, who usually says the head-scratching things, pipes up and asks an incredible question. The guy who says he'll never deny Jesus, and then he denied him three times, he asks a question that all of us need to ask. Like, who are you going to go to? If not Jesus, then who? Peter recognized something most people never see until it's too late. When you choose not to follow Jesus, you choose to follow something else. So what do you choose to follow? Like nothing, something else? If I choose to say not no to you, I'm choosing to say yes. So who are you going to follow? And that's the issue for us. It's hard, to, it's hard to follow Jesus. There's not much payoff at times. Friends will kind of leave you. No one's kind of really applauding you. If you get on Facebook and you're like, yeah, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, you know, like pe people may not applaud you that way. And there's going to be something in us that will want us to unfollow Jesus. But Peter reminds us to think through what it would look like to unfollow because he says something so powerful. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. And so here's the reality. For each of us, we're invited into something grand. And, and you and I have been invited into the story of God. Like it's the story of history. And we have a purpose because of it. Jesus has given you and me the opportunity to live for something and to be a part of something bigger than we ever thought. I'd rather live for something than die for nothing. And that's why this is so relevant to all of us. So if you're a, a Jesus follower, do you realize we've been invited into something bigger? A grand and glorious narrative. It began with creation, and now you get to follow the Savior of the world. So who are you going to follow if you don't follow Jesus? What are you going to do if you don't do that? When you unfollow Jesus, you step down and step out. And so when you unfollow, there may be a day when you wish you could go back to that moment and not unfollow him. So remember the words of Peter in John 6, 69. You are the Holy One of God. So here's my parting question to you. So why would we not choose to follow Jesus? Why would we not choose to follow Jesus who carried the words of eternal life? And this question like helps you avoid regret. If not Jesus, then who? To whom shall I go? Transitions, relationships, a tough season of life, uh, doubts and trouble will always get us to ask these questions. But just because you don't have the answer doesn't mean there isn't one. So consider the options that bring clarity and ask the right questions. So before you decide to unfollow Jesus and you know what's at stake, my challenge is for you to follow Jesus especially as we finish this eight-week series. Follow Jesus. Accept his invitation. Follow him with reckless abandon. When you have doubts, search out scripture and find the answers. Give him your heart. Give him your life. Live by his words. And, and, and I believe not only will you be a better person, but you will come alive with the sense of life and joy because you are living out his plan for your life. You are living out his plan. So why would you not choose to follow Jesus? And so I, I want to ask you that question. We're going to pray in a second. This could be a moment between you and God if you've never decided to follow Jesus. For you to just quietly pray in your heart, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I know that I, I have sinned. I have, um, I have sinned against you. I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my heart and my life. And I will follow you. I will follow you. So let me do this. Let me pray for you, and the band's going to come and lead us in a tremendous song. Let me pray. Dear Jesus.